0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd.
1: Dr. Wigdell.
0: It's Friday. Friday, another one.
1: It's our last one
0: for today. Mm -hmm. You ready? I'm not sure if people,
1: maybe I just gave away a big clue. We do, we, we record like. Super top secret. Two or three of these at a time. We so. batch record, <laughs> <laughs> so we're not doing this every day.
0: Yeah. Um, so today we we're talking about what I th- I think I think you I don't know if you actually coined this, but I don't think I'd heard it until you said it. But the busyness trap, mm-hmm. the busy trap. Yeah. So talk about this. What What is this exactly?
1: Um, it's It's a common presentation for clients with anxiety. I find. Um, that they are unbelievably busy people, hmm. and they keep themselves
0: unbelievably busy. Okay, that wait, we gotta pause there for a second because that's you said that quickly, but that feels like an important distinction to me. Because like you are busy versus you keep yourself ah, constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. busy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because those are actually potentially. Two Two different different things. things, You're right, you're right.
1: Right. These are individuals who are keeping themselves constantly busy.
0: No, but that's a super good distinction. Yeah, no, you're right. You're definitely right. Um, And so the the busyness trap or the busy trap is sort of about that second group specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, People Uh, who either intentionally or unintentionally are perpetuating their own excessive levels of busyness. mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright, so keep I'm, going. I'm, sorry
1: I'm, Yeah, I'm 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 curious about your use of the word um intentionally or not. There so you think maybe some people are unintentionally keeping themselves busy? Because I think yes. if this is a more of an intentional or, I, or how aware they are of their intent, yeah. maybe. Okay. I, I won't okay. say
0: it's like unconscious, but it I think it's often habitual. Yeah. Maybe it's this yeah. level between deliberate, yes, I'm going to add more things to my schedule. Yeah. Versus like I've gotten in this habit of always saying yes to people.
1: I agree. The level right. of
0: self-awareness there might be a little. It can be yeah. low sometimes. Yep. Yep. I, I like, by the way, I think we've used this metaphor before, but it's really good. When you think about consciousness, I, I, think, I always think of um, like you're on a boat and you're out on the lake, mm-hmm. right? And you see, you see a duck swimming along. Mm-hmm. The duck is above the water. This is, like, this is representative of deliberate thought, yeah. right? Stuff that you are totally aware of. Mm-hmm. Then there's stuff like at the bottom of the lake, that you, there's no way you can see right it's hundreds of feet down there it's totally dark you mm-hmm. there could be a shark swimming down there but <laughs> you, you, you you have, have no, no idea, idea right <laughs> <laughs> not but,
1: really you just you're just going
0: to reinforce some specific no phobias <laughs> goodness i don't know maybe there are but but importantly there's the, actually this middle zone where if a fish is swimming like a foot below the surface you can probably see it right mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. miss it if you weren't looking carefully you got to be intentional to, to yeah. see that stuff yeah but you can actually see it if you pay attention. So th- I think this is really important, this is an important principle in general with psychology, but for, for this purpose in particular about the busyness trap, I th- so I think people can keep themselves perpetually busy, and it's happening on this level of, they're not doing it on purpose every day in the moment, mm-hmm. but if they stop and think about it, they go, oh yeah, I am, I am doing this. I see that this is kind of a habit that I've gotten into, mm-hmm. and, it's, it's not happening to me. I am doing it, mm-hmm. but I'm often not very aware of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it seems to be more habitual yep. yeah um, Yeah, so, so individuals um, and, and, and the motivations for this I find are fairly diverse. I think there's a couple really strong categories that are your primary contenders, but um, the the reason seems to be either they're terrified of their thoughts. And they they know that they're prone to anxiety and worry, mm-hmm. and so they're trying to constantly have something to focus their attention on, so that they don't go into that worry anxiety mm-hmm. loop. Um, or they are um, really trying to avoid something in particular, and they're keeping again their attention away from really mm-hmm. drawing attention
0: to that thing that they're um, that's that's just waiting to grab them. Yeah, yeah. It's almost in a weird way. It's almost. It's kind of like procrastination. And like the classic example of procrastination is like the student who has this big term paper to write, sure. but they really don't want to write it. Mm-hmm. And so they they clean their room, they organize the files on their computer, they, they help mm-hmm. someone else write their paper, like right. anything but like the one big <laughs> elephant in the room, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I think that that's a good point. There's often <laughs> something that's really scary. Uh-huh. And even though chronic busyness Leads to a lot of negative things, right? A lot of stress, its own kind of like worry and anxiety, mm-hmm. um, kind of potentially like resentment of other people because you're constantly running around doing stuff. You're not very present with people in your life, and people start to get frustrated and angry. Um, intimacy problems, even right? Like you're, you're. Just, it's hard to form good relationships if you're constantly mm-hmm. out and about doing stuff or mm-hmm. on your phone checking email all the time. And like, so there are a lot of negative effects that yeah. come from this. Habit of being constantly or just about constantly busy or preoccupied. Yeah, the burnout alone mm-hmm. is, is pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. Even physical problems, right? Like eventually that stress Absolutely. can really take its toll at everything from kind of blood pressure, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, yes. Okay. So let's dive into these two um, sort of underlying causes. There's three. There's three though. Oh, on my, my list. goodness. There's
1: three. Um, if then, if then philosophies if then yeah so people who say if i'm doing things for everybody Uh, and i'm i'm really solving everyone's problems mm -hmm. i'll get love and admiration or i'll belong or i'll get a sense of virtue and i'll be worthy and i'll be this thing so or yeah yeah some 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 variation of if then seems to drive this too
0: okay so just to go down the list again first of all afraid to be i'm afraid to be alone with my own mind if things are too quiet and slow i'll be i'll I'll be aware of my difficult painful scary thoughts and emotions.
1: Proposing that that person go into like a float tank by mm. themselves for an hour in the dark would right. terrify them. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, what was number 2? Uh you're avoiding something, doing something that Yeah, so maybe, like procrastination basically. Yeah, some or or, or yeah, some type of avoidance. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um the by the way, the the one manifestation of this point I think that I see a lot is that I, I see this with um, married couples a lot. That's which, what I was going to
1: say. My marriage is so awful that yes. I engage in every, I volunteer for ever just to distract myself. I'm so unhappy in my... And, and the thought of, of divorce or separating or couples therapy or whatever is so aversive to me that
0: I am just going to throw myself in every project I can find. Yes. And, yeah. I can't be around this person because the relationship is so bad. Yeah. But I also can't stomach the idea of leaving for whatever reason. So I just have to like, almost like pretend it doesn't exist. Just Perfect like stay example. Super yeah. busy all the time. Yeah, I see this all. Yeah, int- I mean, super common.
1: Or, or there's some big thing at work. It can be something. It's just usually something in, rather than this kind of like I'm afraid of my mind and. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then that third one is the
0: if then. Oh yeah, so this is where you you've sort of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you you've sort of tied in your mind your sense of value or self worth or or. Uh, lovable belonging, belonging mm-hmm. is tied to you being very productive, productive. and efficient
1: and saying yeah. yes to everything. And yeah.
0: Right. And so obviously if, if being productive leads to you being a good person, <laughs> got to be right, productive all, you're just all the time. It's going to keep ratcheting up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In part, because it's never going to feel like enough. Right. I mean, that's
1: one well, part because you're measuring yourself by a weird yardstick too. But yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's that productivity, like if I'm not being super engaged in everything, I'm not as valuable or not I mean, good. Okay, or...
0: Here's my theory on that. I don't I think productivity is a perfectly valid source of self-worth, say. I think the problem is when it becomes the only or the dominant form of self-worth or value. Like I think it's very normal that people yeah. have a yeah. healthy sense of pride or so you know, like self-esteem yeah. or whatever, because they're they, yeah. they're productive and they get stuff done and they do good work. And, These individuals are addicted to that, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's the only thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that I feel like that's an important kind of distinction. Um, but yeah, obviously, if that's your kind of belief system, it's not hard to see how that's going to translate to this kind of frenetic way of living where you're just constantly plugged in and doing stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So if we find ourselves in this place, like. What do you actually do? How do you get out of this?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, you have you have a couple of strategies. It looks like um, one that you've chosen is to avoid, right? Or or to base your well being on something that 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 maybe needs to be supplemented <laughs> with other things. So the idea would be um, avoidance is great for those momentary kind of um, fixes, but if you're terrified of your own mind. Um, the long-term the fix, avoidance of your own mind is a difficult the, strategy. The the fix might be to become more comfortable in your mind with your yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I, okay, I want to dive into that specifically, but I think I'm, I'm glad you brought up these specific causes of kind of the busyness trap, chronic busyness, because mm-hmm. I think th- there is no one solution to this. Right, it depends right. It's on what's motivating or generating it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're I don't know if you if you've got if you're a doctor and a patient comes in and they've got internal bleeding, right? Surgery depends on where they're bleeding, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It matters a lot if they're if it's like an artery in their leg or their heart or yeah. like it. That's important to understand mm-hmm. what the mm-hmm. cause is, right? So you the the fix is, should be tailored to what the underlying cause is,
1: right? And so for category one, there it looks like there's. Um, uh, a general kind of fear of your thoughts or, or mm-hmm. fear of the emotions that your thoughts might produce. Um, and so developing a, um, a, a better way of looking at your thoughts rather than dangerous, harmful things,
0: uh, would, would be a good idea. Yeah. So in, a little exercise I sometimes um, recommend to people is that sounds very overly simplistic. That is very
1: overly simplistic of me to say, but in a nutshell i think that's well but that's kind it. of the generic yeah, version yeah. yeah
0: um but one way you could actually go about kind of implementing that would be what i'll tell people to do is um you know make some time in your day to go for a walk sometime and people will say oh yeah, yeah, yeah i do that already <laughs> and then i the real kicker is i say without headphones mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right because that's the thing right people jog or they exercise or they right. go for bike rides or they but there's always something in there, or, mm-hmm. or they, they do it, and they have conversations with friends or on your own. Right? Kind of mindful so, walking almost, yeah. yeah, so it, or, or just and the thing you can start really small, I think that's key is be incremental about this. Mm-hmm. If you really are that afraid of your own mind and what your mind might kind of throw at you, right? Do spend five minutes. go for a walk around the block of your office building at lunch or something, right? Do it for ten minutes, see what happens. Build up your confidence slowly that you can do this to the point Mm -hmm. where and then because if you get to the place where over a few weeks now you're up to walking for 30 minutes on your own without your mind kind of like exploding and killing you and or throwing you into a panic attack or something like Mm -hmm. that well now all of a sudden hey i can i can go for at least 30 minutes without my mind sabotaging me
1: or or um um even on your first five minute walk if that thought does kind of come up um you've now tolerated that for five minutes yeah. And, and right. so can you tolerate that thought? So if it should come up for six minutes, Great seven, point. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but the idea is that you're increasing um, both your ability to tolerate that thought. So it's less dangerous to you. Mm-hmm. It's less scary to have it. Um, and you realize that you still can enjoy yourself, have a walk. You'll have thoughts interspersed between that you could enjoy right. and hopefully you're, you're kind of helping yourself stay present and, and, and able to tolerate your mind yeah. and, it, and your thoughts better. So what about, um, and, cos- and
0: learning that your thoughts aren't dangerous. Yes. Which is key. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's where confidence comes from. Um, category two, where you're, you're basically <clears> avoiding <throat> something or, or usually some person in your life. So that example of like, I just have a, I'm really unhappy in my marriage and so I stay busy in order to avoid kind of confronting that or having to deal with that. Here, here's if you'll role play with me
1: um, here, here's a comment you've just told me I am so miserable I am if I asked you in a given day on a scale of one to ten how much frustration you know when, when you think of your relationship with your partner how much frustration does that cause you how much distressed does that cause you mm, if i really stop and think about yeah, it yeah yeah it'd be like a four or five four or five mm-hmm. um and that's kind of every day four or five area there's worse days there's better days yeah, but it's four exactly. or five uh, how long have you been kind of putting off addressing this mm. thing in your
0: relationship i mean it's been worse for the past few years but probably close to a decade Wow. Yeah. So, so 10
1: years where every day you're, you're, you're kind of distressed to that four or five. That's mm-hmm. kind of a cost to you. Let's say, let's use this metaphor. When metaphoric. I think, when I think about the relationship. When you yeah. think, right, right. Let's just say, let's say it's one time a day, mm-hmm. right? And, and your cost is a four or five on that yep. distress scale times 365 times 10 look at the amount of distress you've kind of done now. Now, if you actually had to go to that couples therapy appointment or if you actually had to tell your spouse that you were unhappy and uh, this is the conversation you've been avoiding, how stressful do you think that conversation would be on a Mm -hmm. scale of one to 10? probably not 3600 <laughs> 300,000 yeah yeah so there's an idea i try to get yeah, in that's uh, interesting I like that. A, yeah. a reference of like man the avoidance is costing you long term a long term in this it's shorter it's only a four yeah. or five as, as opposed to the 11 that actually you know confronting this might be but it, it it's, it's a nice way to kind of look at put perspective and, and frame more. like oh my gosh you know this is something that i, I couldn't pay this one kind of price tag for yeah. and then eventually maybe get better but so that's one way i do it the other the other way though is to look at um um training assertive behavior and that's and a big one yeah yeah um i'm helping my my client build a tolerance for um choosing to pursue their their goals and their happiness despite how they feel
0: yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have gotten into a kind of there's kind of this belief structure that has some reinforcement in the past, but the, uh, like I hear a lot of things like like uh, I I just can't be at home when my husband's home. You know, I I just can't like be in the same room for with him for more than 5 minutes or mm-hmm. she just drives me crazy if I'm around her for more than half an hour or something. And it's these things that are yes, frequently, maybe your wife drives you crazy at home, right? But it's kind of a black or white way of looking at things. And, mm-hmm. and really, it's not that that happens all, the, all time, the time. Right. Right, Or even that it's not as bad as, as the worst case scenario every single time, right? So this goes back to the idea of kind of distress tolerance, of boosting your tolerance for, yes, if I chose to spend the afternoon at home, even though my spouse is there too, I'm gonna feel some frustration or I'm gonna feel some grief about how bad our relationship has been for so long. Mm-hmm. But... I got to weigh that against, like, hmm, well, if I'm not doing stuff to, super, like, stay busy constantly and stress myself out, and I actually get to stay home and work on and this relax. project and relax mm-hmm. or something, like, maybe it's actually worth it, mm-hmm. even though, yes, there is some downside. Very good point.
1: Yeah. That, that yeah, rather than cost yourself in this um, high frantic pace you're you're keeping, mm-hmm. it might be better to learn to tolerate some discomfort in another area. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So last thing, how about um, category three, the the if then beliefs where you've tied your sense of identity almost exclusively to being super productive and active all the time or, or a super good helper.
1: Um, well, I I guess in a nutshell, it's, it's learning that this belief, um, is not true that, um, or, or that your adherence to this belief is now costing Mm -hmm. you in
0: lots of other ways. And so, how do you really? Because I think a lot of people would like nod, like yes, intellectually I get that, like mm-hmm. that's not, mm-hmm. but it just feels like that in the moment. So, how do you, how do you change that belief? Even if intellectually you're like, yeah, Todd's a smart guy, that sounds right to me, <laughs> which, <laughs> um, which of obviously. course is true. But <laughs> if you need more evidence, <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, so How do you actually? Do, how do you get that belief to actually change?
1: It's hard, but collecting data sometimes really helps, right? Um, and, and, and really having um, a, a good look in the mirror sometimes and realizing that no one else is signing onto your contract, you know, and and that measuring yourself by productivity necessarily means that you have to be productive and, and learning to find, I guess, happiness and meaning in other ways rather than having to be busy is a yeah, it's about, I think, supplementing your, your um, identity with, yeah. with other things.
0: Yeah, and like behaviorally, like a little thing you can do is think about like the handful of the most important people in your life, your spouse, your best friend, your parent, I don't know, whatever. And then think of some really small thing you could do that would be less productive each week. Mm. Like normally you stay an hour late on Tuesdays and Thursdays to do whatever don't one of those days go home early and then like see what happens. Like, and and literally just keep track. Did any of those three people show any signs that they think less of me Mm -hmm. as originally? And I get that this sounds stupid, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? But it is really in the spirit of collecting actual data. Data, Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that's actually going to change your belief. You can't just tell yourself that like, no, this isn't true. You need actual experience it shows viscerally, oh actually nothing bad happens. Yeah. If you do that in a very small way and you see like, oh yeah, that's true, like nothing really happened, you could sper- experiment a little more. You could try Tuesdays and Thursdays. I, I don't stay mm-hmm. late and like actually, even my boss didn't even say anything. Um, so maybe people don't actually think less of me mm-hmm. when I'm a little bit less productive. I, I've done like
1: planned, um, what, is it, what did I call it? Planned amazing, uh, laziness.
0: And amazing laziness. Yeah. Pow. Uh, yeah. Grand amazing <laughs> so, laziness.
1: so someone who, who desperately needs to feel like they're productive in order to have value. Um, you know, we have a great little river down here in Albuquerque. And one of the assignments is, can you just take the day off <laughs> suddenly and be lazy and go down to the river, put your feet in it. Yeah. Watch the birds go by. Um, because, and, and the idea is amazing is like, can you enjoy it? Too can you teach yourself to enjoy that? It's often not easy for someone who's stuck in that busy productivity trap.
0: One of the the homework assignments that I've um, frequently prescribed to my clients who struggle with this the business trap and they, they tend to be pretty high achievers. Um, I've never had anyone successfully cl- complete this homework assignment. What here's what it is. Ready? Take a lunch. Take a real lunch break every single day for a week. Mm. I've never had anyone... I've probably prescribed this 30 times. It's really I've difficult I've never for had someone, anyone yeah. successfully uh, complete that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which just goes to show like how entrenched this difficulty can be. But something like that can be a good place to start. Like yeah. One day a week, spend... To actually take a, a real lunch break. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of teaching yourself
1: to be less productive and liking it.
0: You know? Yeah, like, and just to see not, nothing awful
1: happens. Yeah,
0: yeah. When you actually do that.
1: Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.